Yo, what up, what up, what up, what up? We are back with another installment of the Poet Up Podcast, Zoom edition. It's your boy, Maul Chi, a.k.a. Tony Touch. What? A.k.a. Tony Starks. Okay. okay. A.k.a. Tony the Tiger. Ah. <laughs> a.k.a. We here again. Uh-huh. And I'm with uh, the boys. I mean, this is Jay Ward, a.k.a. you might be Tony the Tiger, but I'm the one that's great. What's up, Blues? <laughs> you two motherfuckers <laughs> are ridiculous. <laughs> are ridiculous. Every time we do this, it gets it ramps up and it gets even more ridiculous. This is your boy, Blues. Of course, I'm just happy to be here. But mostly I'm happy to be here because we are zoom, zooming all the way up to VA with the one and only world's greatest to be poet laureate of of of, yes, of, uh. of the city. Um, Finger crossed. Yeah, you know, teacher, uh, poet, playwright, uh, television television producer, television uh, writer. Uh, shit, so many hats sure. and the hats it's that he had. I, I told you lying is how I got here. So right. just, just add all those things. <laughs> so many hats and the hats he has. Ha, the hat he has on has a lot of buttons because that is his thing. Y'all, it is the one and only one of the greatest writers uh, to come out of our generation, Mr. Roscoe Burnham. <laughs> What's up, Scott? How you feeling, bro? Man, the gravity of that uh, that introduction, man. I am no pressure. <laughs> man, I am not gonna live up to that. <laughs> hey, listen, man. I just I just call him like I see him, yo. Um, so as as welcome to the show. As most of y'all, most of our listeners know, we like to get our drink on. So tonight, yep. gentlemen, what do we have on the table? We got a High West Double Rye whiskey, okay. uh, which is which is kind of it's on the sweet side. Okay. That, that Doc Porter's last episode kind of got me in the raw spirit. Okay. And then we're back with the Four Roses single barrel. The four Roses is nice. The Four and, Roses uh, is yeah. nice. The yeah. Four Roses, as you can see, it's not much left. But, yeah. And then, of course, we got our staple, Blue Moon. But we're about to switch it up uh, to some North Carolina shit here. Some North Carolina yeah. shit as soon as I get the reply back. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Roscoe, what are you drinking, sir? <laughs> Um, one, let me just say, I appreciate that there are also like bottles of water on the table. Right? Drink <laughs> as, an avid, as an avid water drinker, I'm just glad to see lots of water also in the vicinity. Um, I am drinking, uh, I don't know if you guys can see this. It's a Chateau Le Cabin. It's a cranberry wine. That's hey. so fancy. That's that so fancy. fancy. Yeah. Chateau Le Cabin. We, we've only had one other wine drinker, Coco. No, I can't. Didn't I can't? Wait a minute. Oh, Icon said she had wine, but, but she, she never went and got it. That's right, true. Right, that's right, true. Right. So you're in good company. Yeah. You're yeah. in classy, yeah. classy company. Classy. The rest yeah, of our yeah. guests. You know I mean? You got you know I mean? to have it in a nice little glass. You got to put your pinky up. The pinky you know has I mean? to be up. <laughs> yeah. I like it. I like it. So what are we getting into today, Jay Ward? I mean, we're going to cross boundaries. We're going to cross galaxies and solar systems. But before we get there, Blues, where, where where should we start with this? Because we could go I don't so know. I feel we got to start somewhere simple and plain to get where you're going. <laughs> you said galaxies and planets. Roscoe, man, uh, I've known you for a long time, bro. So just, you know, t- tell us where the story, <laughs> excuse me as I do this, tell us where the story of Douglas starts. Where does where that writer, when, did, when does Douglas become, <laughs> like, like when, when do you find out, like, writing is the thing you want to do or even poetry like any form of it so um writing writing is something something i've always kind of been in love with so uh i I grew up 
uh, born and raised in Richmond, Virginia. My family is all like fairly deep south, like Southern Virginia, uh, North Carolina, Georgia. Um, I have some family up in Philly, but you know we don't get to see them as much or whatever. So deep Southern Baptist roots, right? I say all that to say like deep Southern Baptist roots. So like I loved writing and where I started wasn't even really poetry. It was songwriting. Mind you, I was like seven or eight at the time. Like I was, it was songwriting and it was all gospel stuff. And uh, I, I, I loved it. I was always, my, my grandmother and my, uh, and her sisters um, and my mom's sister, uh, they all had a group. They were the tool singers, right? And they would go to all the local Baptist churches and they would be killing it. My grandma was a, an organist and a pianist for all these different churches. And they would tour all these Baptist churches all throughout Richmond and, and Southern Virginia. And um, I was like, I want to write a song for y'all. I want to write a song for y'all. And so I'm like eight, nine years old, trying to like write down lyrics and build a and build a hook. Cause I would watch all their practices, and you know, I knew when my aunt Sheila was gonna take the lead. You know, what I'm saying like right. I was like I was super invested in it. And um, so I had always been in love with writing in some way, shape, or form, um, and just lyrics in general. Like I never really wanted to sing per se, but I definitely wanted to write. Right. And so that's how that started. There it is. Yeah, and that's been the consistent theme for like I think right. our last three or four guests. It just started somewhere, if not directly in the church, a church adjacent. Like it's yeah. always yeah. somewhere around around those roots. So eight so eight or nine years old, did you did you finish the song or, or and if so, did they did they did they be like, bless your heart, baby? Did they bless your heart, baby, with the song? <laughs> no, when I got a little older, I'm going to say, like, I might have been, like, 10 or 11. I, I can't, like, I can't remember the year exactly. But I ended up writing something that they liked, and I sat with my aunt Jackie and my grandmother, and we we worked it out. Like, we worked out the arrangement and everything. Um, and, I, and and now I have to try to see if I can go back and find it. I have to ask my aunt Sheila, because I think she works on all that stuff. But, Bro. Um, but they had a song. They had a song that I wrote that they were, like, they were performing at different churches and everything. Was it in his gospel song? Yo, do you understand? Yeah. Do you understand? Well, I mean, it was, you know, it was gospel, half gospel, half trap rap. That, um, and that's that's <laughs> and that's what I'm getting to. Like the the if people who know you, you know, what I'm saying if yeah. they know you and you drop this on them, they'll be like, "Yo, what the fuck is going on?" Wait a minute. Can can we talk about in that in that same vein? Can we talk about how you kind of snuck in a whole Kendrick Lamar control verse at the beginning of this? Because people that know Roscoe. Are saying Douglas? Why are why are we referring to him as Douglas? <laughs> you done dropped the Jermaine Cole on him. Listen, <laughs> I feel like folks should, should do their background uh, check on on Mr. Roscoe Burnham because I for the longest I just knew Roscoe was your real name. I was like Burnham's can't be real, but. I hope it is because that is the dopest <laughs> fucking name. It's the dopest that name I've name heard thus far. That's your real name. Yeah. There's yeah. no need to ever have a nickname. Burnham. So I'm like, name. yo, that's Burnham. that's a guy just carrying around two 38s. Just <laughs> two of them. Not just one, Not but one, two of them. Two, two snub no 38s. Roscoe Burnham. So I'm like, that's a poet that will fucking shoot you at the end of the night. What's funny is I own two snub nose 38s. <laughs> 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 it's 238. It's actually a 357 mag. It, it's a 357 mag. It's a Ruger G100. Oh. But, um, but, oh. That's, but that's funny because that is like the, but definitely my gun of choice. Yeah, well, <laughs> no, there it is. Like, so I, I, I call it like I see it, and I saw that. I was like, I'm a motherfucker got a couple guns on. <laughs> so, <laughs> my logo would be me with a couple holsters. <laughs> so, yeah, the, no. so the magic of you beginning songwriting uh, starts with you know a little bit of spiritual influences, but definitely surrounded by uh, the comfort and safety of family. 
Um, and talk about like, your home life growing up, like brothers, sisters, like who, how does, how does Roscoe grow up in this world, uh, just becoming a writer and, you know, how does, how does his family influence all that? Uh, my family, my, um, when I talk about family, you know, it's really just, it's, um, it's me and my mom and then my brother, uh, who is, uh, seven years, my senior, um, they're, I mean, they're the closest things to me. Um, I grew up in a house uh, with my mom, my brother, me, my grandmother, my great-grandmother, and then my aunt. We all lived in this two-bedroom house, all oh, six wow. of us. And, uh, I, yeah, so I, uh, I shared, I shared uh, they turned the attic into a room. Mm. So I shared, uh, my mom, my brother, and I shared the attic until I was mm. uh, for, uh, almost 14. So I was almost 14 years old. And the only reason I ended up getting my own room, uh, my aunt moved out, my my, my granny, my great grandmother passed away, and my brother went to jail. That Damn. is how I ended up getting my own space. Damn. Yeah. Damn. That's really um, all right, let me drink to that. Let me drink on that. <laughs> so, <laughs> so you, uh, that's that's man, that's an incredible I, journey, I guess. You know, and you you like to talk about. Um, trauma i guess you know as part of the growth process as part of the writing processes and i i don't want to say like man your your childhood was trauma because you know there's some there's some light in there of course um but you managed to use those things uh inside of your writing and inside of your process uh what do you think what do you and this is a hard question what do you think gets you when the, the first time you're out of the attic in your own room what's your first thoughts like is it, is it a sense of freedom coupled with like, I just lost some people like. It's a weird feeling. I mean, I mean, having my own, like having my own room was like, was super weird, but it was like really exciting. I mean, as a, as a, I, I just turned 14, uh, right when my brother got locked up, mm. um, and started serving a 20 year sentence. So I, it was like, it was weird. Cause I'm like, okay, I get my own space. But like now we have to deal with all the the stuff since you know around it, right? We got to deal with the visitations. My mom went into like a super deep depression, and so like I couldn't enjoy it. <laughs> so right, I, couldn't, right. I couldn't enjoy it, but it was you know. But you do, you know, what I mean, yeah. There's a sense of freedom that's that's there, but you just suck. It sucks how you get it. Right, yeah. right. That's uh, fucking crazy. Like I'm just thinking, like the first time you get your own space, and you're like, well. Can't even talk to my brother about it because right. my man's locked up. All right, my man's locked up. So what keeps what keeps Roscoe out of jail? I know you got I, I I've often heard you talk about your mother, and that's probably the strongest black woman aside from my own mom that I know. Uh, but what keeps you from following your brother's mm -hmm. path? So uh so you know the, the full transparency is is that me and my brother were kind of kind of kind of doing some of the same things. It's mm. so like my brother ended up getting arrested for like uh robbery and carjacking. And, um, and so I, I wasn't, I wasn't carjacking, but like, like robbery and like petty theft and like shoplifting and like, you know I mean? Like grifting. And we was just, we was just doing like a lot of, we were doing like a lot of stuff. And then when he got locked up, he did, he got, he got sent away for 20 years. Mm. My brother actually gets out next summer. Wow. Uh, so when, when they, when you're in the courtroom and they slap 20 years on somebody, it changes you. <laughs> it changes you. Um, so once that happened, you know what I mean? It was like, you know, it was either, um, it was either, you know, suffer the same fate 
or um, or make some make some changes. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, I had to kind of I had to put a lot aside. I had to put a lot of some 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 uh, some some grudges and some and some uh, you know some decisions that I were making in the past. I'm trying not to be too graphic. Um, I had to like I had to stop. I just had to put a halt to all of it. You know what I mean? Like I didn't want. I knew my mother had something to this like super deep depression when my brother went to jail and like she wouldn't even get out of bed, wouldn't eat nothing. Uh, wouldn't go see him, wouldn't visit him, wouldn't, wouldn't talk. And so having to pull her from that was mm-hmm. exhausting at 14, 15 years old. Right. Um, I knew at that age that if, if I had dropped, my brother had dropped out of high school, if I had dropped out of school and ended up in jail, my mom would have killed herself. Wow. Easily. I know, I know for a fact my mom would have killed herself. Cause she would have, I mean, she already felt like a failure. Right. She felt like a failure as a parent. Right. right. This is her firstborn. So, um, you know, your firstborn drops out of school, gets arrested, and then gets it serves 20 years. You feel like you that's it. You fucked up. You went, you did something wrong. Mm-hmm. And so like I didn't wanna like, I didn't, you know, of course I don't wanna I don't wanna couple that with whatever I got going on. You know what I mean? So I had to I had to make some I had to make some very like uh uh hard decisions. So you were aware of that at like 14 or 15 years old? Like, very. I was very self-aware. I've okay. always been very self-aware, like way too self-aware. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like uh, about everything, about the, the dynamic between my mom and my grandma in the house, like what, what was going on with my brother. Um, the only thing that actually caught me off guard was was my, my granny passing. I wasn't really prepared for that. Like I knew she was getting older, but I didn't know. I, I wasn't prepared for her to, for her to die. Right. Um, but like at 13, I started paying bills. Like I found a job. Um, and I, the first thing I asked was, give me a bill. I want to pay, I want to pay something. And so my mom gave me the phone bill. And so I started paying the phone bill when I was 13. And so then at 15, like my mom is talking to a deep depression. So like, I'm like finding like part-time work. I'm like doing stuff to get money. <laughs> uh, and I'm helping out like around the house. Uh, I ended up getting my first like real job working for, uh, I don't know if anybody's going to remember this, uh, or if they had this in North Carolina, but there was KB toys. Oh, it was yeah. Like, oh yeah. 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 <laughs> that was my first like real, like real job. Like, you know, uncle Sam comes to get your taxes <laughs> job. I was, <laughs> um, and yeah, man, like I, like I, I was, I was forced to be really responsible at a really early age, um, because of everything that was going on in the house, which, which is a double edged so, sword. Like, I'm, I'm sorry, I was, which is a double edged sword because on the one hand it keeps you out of trouble, but on the other hand, that's a lot of weight for yeah. you to carry. Like you feel the responsibility to save your family or to help support your family at that age. It's, that's like a double-edged sword, I think. It is. And, and it's, it's, it's bittersweet. I don't, I don't regret, you know, anything about like my childhood. I mean, there's some things I guess I wish could have been different. I mean, you know, in retrospect, but, um, you know, I, I don't, I don't regret anything. And, um, you know, the universe just has, has a way of, of, of working things out. You know I mean? My, they, she, the universe kind of gave my mom what she needed when she needed. Um, and, and I, even down to, to her kids, like, you know, my brother wasn't able to be, um, necessarily what we wanted him to be, uh, but that forced me to 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 be kind of the bigger brother um, and the you know the son that was gonna handle everything. My, when the first time my mom got sick, um, she had like something akin to like a stroke and her kidneys failed, and then um, she had ended up collecting disability. This was around the time I was like eighteen, like eighteen, nineteen. So um, she couldn't work anymore, and and uh, Virginia was like fronting on her fucking disability shit. So I'm working this temp job, right? 
And uh, this is back when you had to fill out your hours on paper. <laughs> <laughs> yup. <laughs> yup. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> they wore you look like a salary kind of guy. You don't know nothing about this life. This, this <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're the guest, so I'm gonna take it. <laughs> I'm laughing because I too am salary now, but <laughs> I've been there. I've been yes. Y'all know about this hourly life, right? So we I, had to fill out our hours on a timesheet. Right. And then submit it to your supervisor. So my supervisor was super lazy. Right. So what he would do is give us a timesheet that he already signed. Oh, you can't do that. Oh, wow. So when we first started there, right, like I, I'm working in this warehouse and we're getting like a ton of a ton of overtime. We're getting like 10, 20 hours of overtime. It's crazy because they're trying to set up this whole warehouse. But of course, that dies down once everything is up and running. Right. Not for me. I submit, <laughs> I submit those 20, 30 hours of overtime every week. Every week. Roscoe is our most committed worker. <laughs> we can't lose Roscoe. How did Roscoe work 200 hours this week? <laughs> and so look, the temp agency actually doesn't really question it because they get paid more the more you work. Right, you know, right? right. Exactly. So they're never going to question the fact that I'm getting 30, 40 hours of overtime in a week. You know what I mean? They're just like, okay, sure. You know what I mean? So I do this for months, but this is how I pay like my mom's car note, my car note, all the bills in the house. And then because I was 18 and stupid, still had enough money to trick off at the strip club. Wow. <laughs> because, like- because, because why not reward yourself? Right. <laughs> What else yeah, are you gonna do? Why I'm working not? hard out here. Right, right, exactly. Why not? <laughs> this is your next screenplay because this really sounds like Wu Tang and American Saga. I don't know if you if you watch that show. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I haven't watched that yet. Oh no, you watch Me it. Me either. Watch it, but also write for the next season. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Word. Exactly. Oh man. But yeah, so. this is life. This is life all before twenty. That's. <laughs> <laughs> it's one hell of a life. That and now the uh, the name is is matching matching a little bit more with the lifestyle. I see. Yeah, that, that those are definitely Roscoe Burnham Burnham's yeah. moves. And he probably uh, had like a like a punchline like like every time he walked out of the office and they signed the paycheck, Burnham. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! That's great. That's fucking great. Oh, boy. So. So Roscoe, it, all these things are happening. You're surrounded with all this, uh, with all this responsibility of this grown manness. When does when do you start writing poetry? When do you get into the poetry scene? So poetry started for me actually somewhere around like middle school. Mm-hmm. I uh, and I, I mean I kind of got introduced to it the way that anybody else does, right? Like through English classes, we learned about the greats, right? We learned about you know Frost and all those guys, um, and then of course uh, for the month of February, then we learned my Andrew is. because that's how poetry works. Maya and um, <laughs> so uh, you know Lexa Hughes and, and Maya and Nikki Giovanni. So I'm introduced to all these you know these black writers, um, you know famous black writers. Uh, and so, and, and I fell in love with it. I fell in love with the art form. I was already a big, big hip hop fan. Um, and so I'm, I'm listening. So for me, poetry was kind of akin to, to hip hop. It was all storytelling. It was a lot of, it was heavily based, at least the way I started writing was heavily based on rhyme. So, um, it wasn't like a, it wasn't too far outside of my comfort zone anyway. And there was a vulnerability with, uh, poetry that I wasn't getting from hip hop all the time, um, mm-hmm. depending on who I was listening to. So, um, 
that's kind of where that, that started. But I didn't take it seriously. I mean, I had a journal that I was writing in all the time. I had a journal for poems, and then I had a journal for, uh, like, raps. You know what I mean? I, when I was writing raps. So you, you, you got to keep them separate. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you, you, they can't mix yet. They can't mix yet. <laughs> nah, they and can't. It's <laughs> not there yet. You know what I mean? So when the girls are like, oh, do you write? And I'm like, yeah, I write poetry. Like, ah, there it is. <laughs> and then when the dudes are like, oh, can you rhyme? I'm like, oh, hell yeah, nigga. Yeah, I am yeah, 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 story. Yeah. Yeah. There it is. Yeah, yeah, Every yeah. time. Every time. It's, it's, it's usually... There's about some girls, there's a girl somewhere in that poetry story. There's a girl somewhere in that poetry story. Oh, definitely. Do you the only way I even got into the poetry scene was from this girl I had a crush on in there, high school for years. There it is. And she friend zoned shit out of me, but we were still close. And then she ends up telling me, Oh, you write poetry, you should go to this place and this place and this place. And that's how I ended up uh, being so heavily engrossed in the uh, poetry scene, the open mic scene in Richmond. And then I just I never that. turned back. Did we, you did you ever write her a poem? That's, yeah, several. What's, what's her name and what did you rhyme her name with? <laughs> what did you rhyme her name with? Here's the. Uh, I mean, I don't have I don't have my book in front of me. There, um, it's. Uh, I want to say it's in the in my last collection. There is a poem where I use this like uh, ex, uh, this analogy about how a how a lime became green um, and that it got its heart broken by a lemon. Um, uh, and then turn this like this, you know, this deepest shade of blue, like blue represented like depression or sorrow or whatever. And because uh, uh, the colors mix anyway, lime turns green. And then I like I, I coupled that with talking about how I got my heart broken and I became bitter uh, like a lime by the the girl who uh, broke my heart in high school, who was the person who put me on to all these. Please things. tell me her name rhymes with lime, please. <laughs> Yep. Jay Ward is trying to figure not, it out. This is what I want. Yeah, he's Jay Ward's to, Jay Ward's taking a deep dive right in, now. He's, he's like, sitting here thinking about like what names yeah. rhyme with Lom. And I'm picturing Morgan Freeman uh, being the voiceover for this. <laughs> <laughs> what name rhymes with lime? Brenda broke my heart. When, yes. When it was only a matter of time. Before my lemon turned to lime. <laughs> oh shit! Greatest segment in blowing up history, dog. The greatest segment ever. Oh shit. man, <laughs> Roscoe, we could talk about the early journey, uh, but let's fast forward a little bit. You just talked about a. Uh, collection of poetry and just most recently brother you sort of went hood platinum real mm -hmm. real fast uh with your latest collection of poetry and and overseas i believe you went hood hood rich real fast what tell us about that man what what happened how'd that go down your guess is as good as mine i am still confused <laughs> as fuck as to how this happened Mind you. <laughs> so th there's a book called god love death and other synonyms right right um, this book dropped in like 2018. I, I did a whole tour wrapped around it and everything. Me and Jay actually had talked not too, uh, not too long after or during that tour because it was called the God Chrysalis Tour. And Jay was like, oh, that's a cool name for a tour. And then I was like, yeah, I think so too. That's why I named it. And then um, <laughs> <laughs> he's like, he's like, shout out, but also take this. Burn them. <laughs> Burn them. <laughs> <laughs> but no, but no, it's like, like we had been chopping it up and, and, and talking about the tour. So the book wasn't, the book wasn't new, right? Like, um, I, there was a uh, there's a homie named Adam Sparks uh, who yeah. had mm -hmm. shout um, out who, shout out to Adam man he, yeah, he's such fortune. a cool guy yes sir um, he had uh, he he's 
he was talking to a young lady who who used to live here but now lives in Germany and so he was like oh yeah this guy he's a really good poet I like his book here read this book and then so she now has the book in Germany and it kind of falls in love with the book and and kind of was like telling people about it and she had like a radio show and she you know she you know she was talking about it on the radio show and then she knew like an artist who's in Germany who's fairly popular and it just kind of spread like that and then all of a sudden like people were like talking about it and then. <laughs> So then I was like, oh, that's that's kind of cool. And I posted about how the, the, the guy is like a German pop singer or whatever. He was like, um, hey, look, I have this book. It's really, really cool. You know, you guys should check out Russell Burnham's. And so I posted that. And then somebody was like, you have a book? And I'm like, you follow me on Instagram. How did you not know? <laughs> right, <laughs> right. You follow me. Like, what like, the fuck? Like, <laughs> <you> bastards. <laughs> People think I, I really just have social media and children. They they, they know nothing about my... They, they're like, you're a poet? How did that, that When did that happen? So what... Um, oh, go ahead. Sorry. I'll, I'm just I'm so heavily defined by my kids now. But yo, that, that happened. And then somebody asked about the book. And then it was like, uh, this is a snowball effect. Like mm-hmm. one person asked about it. And then uh, before I know it, I, I sold like 100 copies mm-hmm. out of my, my living room. You know what I'm saying? Like, because people were, like, hitting me up and ordering books. It was so random, though. It was so weird. What's that feeling like? Like, like what's the the feeling of not only do the people that I know and interact with know, have my book, but now these strangers on the other side of the world are now consuming my work and they lo- like it, love it, whatever whatever it is they're feeling like. What's that feeling like for you? Um, I mean, it's, it's, it's you know, so the, the the serious answer is that it's a it's an honor, right? It's it's, it's just, I'm just grateful that my work can um, is you know is inspirational enough to, to for people to want to share, to for people to like feel a way or feel connected to it in some way. Um, that's why we write. We write because we want people to. Uh, you know, identify, relate, uh, you know, feel something uh, about uh, our the narratives that we're telling, and so um, I was just really like really grateful and and always you know really honored, um, especially now, for it to be kind of happening like overseas and, and that kind of thing. That's that's that was kind of cool. Now give us the 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 nigga answer. <laughs> But for a minute, right? Because like you know, because like poetry is like you know a brotherhood, uh, but it's also like really competitive. And then like when I, so I'm selling all these books, I'm selling all these books, and I'm like, yeah, Rudy Francisco ain't got shit. Spice, yeah, yeah. Spice, say that Let's shit. Spice, say that shit. Say that shit. Yes, sir. Yeah, I, I have a very similar question. I have a very very similar question. My question is, when Adam Sparks, Fifth Horseman, handed this book to this person. Did he have on the full forearm Wu Tang uh, glory cuffs? <laughs> you know he did. You know he did. See, this is where I shut this whole shit down. <laughs> Y'all not gonna talk about my man's like this. Listen, he he's family, dog. Talk to us. I, berate us for that action in Morgan Freeman's voice. <laughs> <laughs> Gentlemen, what won't happen <laughs> is you talk about Brother Spocks the way that you've been talking about him. When I was with Andy Dufresne trying to escape Shawshank, <laughs> Adam wrote us every day. <laughs> oh, shit. Blues deserves air horns for that. <laughs> 
<laughs> but real talk, he does wear those cuffs in there, and he pulls that shit off. He I don't know how, because I look at him every time. I'm like, I wish I could. I just, just I would just look so weird. But you're making those shits work. Uh, and yeah, shout out. You know, if you talk about a supporter of poetry, when you ain't looking, like when you when you are not looking as an artist, not just when you show up in this town, but he's always advocating and fighting for you when you don't when you have zero idea. That he's doing so. So, shouts out to Adam for just shouts being a beautiful out. soul on, on that part, man. That's yeah, great. Definitely. Um, so you 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 hit this this worldwide stride with this book at a time when you were really going through a bit of depression yourself about uh your the about tramity being removed from uh being removed from the platform Amazon, I believe it was. So uh, let's let's talk about the highs and lows of tramity. Um, first of all, it's an amazing fucking project, uh, beautifully shot, beautifully written and performed and executed. And you are from, from my knowledge, the first poet to have something like that on a major platform like that. So shouts out to you for that, for that shit. I am, I am the first person. Oh yeah. Correct me, brother. Correct me. me. I want that to be very clear. So when certain people come back, you know, saying, listen to this podcast, I I ain't naming no names, other poets, whatever. Like, I want you to understand, look, I did this first. All right. Don't be mad because you didn't do it. Yes. (laughs) Burn them. Wait, wait. Okay. So, so let's explain for our listeners that may not be familiar with Dramedy. Let's, let's explain what, what it is. Like, let's get to the point that that Blues asked this question. Right. Yeah. So, explain what Tramity is and and how you how you get to Tramity. Like, so uh, Tramity is a poetry and comedy special. It is an hour long special of spoken word poetry mm-hmm. coupled with uh, stand up stand up comedy. Um, we we shot, filmed, did everything right here in Richmond, Virginia, my hometown, um, recorded it live, and then went through the whole editing process to get it on film, and then uh, and then submitted it to uh, uh, to Amazon Prime um, through their through their like um, through their like independent publishing platform, right? Where they look at independent filmmakers, see what you have, and then they decide yay or nay. So um, we put this really great project together, and um, you know, we did a few screenings for it and it went really well. And we were like, okay, I think we got something. And so then we submitted to uh, Amazon who doesn't have like a super rigorous process. Um, they really want to make sure that it's, it's quality work, that it doesn't look all like you shot it with your, you know, iPhone seven. Um, Thank you for saying and, iPhone. Uh, seven. <laughs> seven. Seven. <laughs> they want to make sure that, you know I mean? It's not like, we have two haters in here <laughs> Roscoe there's two haters in here but <laughs> sorry con- continue <laughs> um, so yeah they want to make sure it's not all like weird and grainy and Blair Witch project shit you know what I'm saying so like uh, so they, they review it for quality and all that kind of stuff and then the, you know if it passes then they, they add it to their platform cool so that's that's what happened um, it was like really really exciting it took forever but it was it was it was really really exciting and then and uh and then it hit, and then it was great. It was I was on top of the world. I had one poetry, you know what I mean? That's, that's how I felt. I felt like I had one. That was, was one it. poetry. I, <laughs> I love it. I've won. You know what I'm saying? Like I was like, my angel ain't never did no shit like this. Yeah, like, exactly. Never exactly. Done nothing like this. Talk your shit. That's what I'm saying, bro. <laughs> Still, I rise my ass, nigga. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. All right, for oh, the shit. for the Maya Angelo listeners, I'm gonna give myself a. There you go. 
some calm crickets. <laughs> so it's up um, there, it's running, and, and, and you're doing well. Right? So yeah, and the numbers look great. I think by the time we had hit August, we had had like over a hundred thousand uh, minutes streamed, um, which was great. I mean, I'm like, this is like again, this is like independent. This is right. me putting it up, me promoting it. Right. Super small team behind me. Like, I mean, it's me and like some friends who just kind of believed in it and um, just sharing it on social media, just trying to get the word out. That's really all. Just really all it was. It was really just my homies. You know, what I mean, y- y'all like poetry friends, like. Just being like, oh, hey, look, I watched this really cool thing. Please go watch it, right? And we and we did some really, really great numbers. And, of course, like anything, just like if you go to a movie at the box office, right? Like it's, it's hot for the weekend, right? But then the, the numbers drop, um, you know, over time. And so that's what happened That's what happened to me, right? It's come October um, after the, the – the, it, it, it released in April. And then we did really, really great all through the spring and the summer. And then by the time the fall hit, one, I wasn't really promoting it much anymore – COVID is, you know, going on. My kids are, I don't know what's going on with school yet. Like, right. it's, it's just a bunch of other stuff going on. And so I'm not really putting the same amount of energy behind it that I could have, um, like I did, like we did in the spring and the summer. So my, my numbers tanked and by the time the end of September rolled around. And then in October, I get an email from Amazon being like, hey, we do this quarterly review. Um, you know, you know, we, we take a look at all these factors and, you know, your your project doesn't meet the standards. So um, we're going to discontinue comedy. Mm. So were you like, fuck you, Jeff Bezos? Or- yes. <laughs> like verbatim. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I could pull up the email right now. <laughs> so that's got to be. I mean, you know, that's a, that's a blow. That's definitely yeah, like yeah, yeah. A, a hit to the to the ego, to the soul, to the mental. How do you how do you push through that? Like, what what comes next? It hurt, um, especially because for no for no reason, like comedy ended up being so polarizing. Um. For the community that I'm in, and people are other artists, we'll just say artists, either was like, oh man, Roscoe did this this really innovative thing that nobody else has ever done. We're really proud of him. Or people were like, whatever. I mean, it's only Amazon. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, like they were, it was like, and, and it, like it, 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 it changed some friendships. It like, it changed how I rock with people. Like, it was really polarizing. And so when it got discontinued, I'm like, mm, for people who were like, Already kind of like, kind of hating a little bit. Hate, yep. They were waiting, like, they were waiting yeah, to see look, you fail. I knew yeah. that nigga right. won't shit. Right, yeah. right, right. And that's <laughs> that part too. Not, I mean, it's it's, and I think we've all experienced this thing where we win something or we're successful in this same lane that everybody else is trying to achieve something in, and you don't know if the congratulations are genuine, um, but you can definitely feel the. Uh, <laughs> the venom of you know people like mm, you know what I'm saying I hope your shit tanks. You can definitely right. like, definitely gather all of that, um, especially in this community. <laughs> and this is probably a whole other conversation, especially in this community that's supposed to be about love and safe space and uplifting each other. You find out real fast that there are a bunch of dicks running around this yeah, community. They, like all that love stuff is only if you are at the exact same level of, as them or, or lower. <laughs> and, yeah. Or, and a position to let, help them up. Like whatever they can gain from you inside that, inside that lane. Um, did, 
I know when when I saw it and and I don't know if I reached out to you directly. I was just I felt I felt just as hurt because I was you know you and I had spoke a lot about the project before it even hit Amazon and I was super excited about it. Um, but afterwards, I I was like, man. Roscoe did something very amazing, and I don't know if the community understands about the door he opened, right. yeah. about the blueprint he laid down. So when it went off, I was like, "That's fu- that fucking sucks. And at the same time, I was like, I wonder what you were going to do next. Did you have an immediate, like, here's what I'm going to do? I know you and I spoke a little bit about it, but did you figure out something that you wanted to do next with Traumedy and or past Traumedy? Like... You, all right, you did tromedy. Now I can do this thing. What's the next thing that you think was on your was on your was on your plate? Um, I actually so so, so before I answer that question, I actually I'm, I'm really grateful for for blues. Uh, I know I give I, I give blues a lot of shit. He's my friend. And I like I like talking shit about my friends. Uh, but he sucks. we blues get it. like soup. <laughs> Say that again. He sucks. We get it. <laughs> <laughs> But he was, yeah, I gotta be honest, he was so, he was so instrumental, and um, I was very nervous about Traumedy. Traumedy, Traumedy was an idea I had about five years ago, and I, I ran it by, I ran it by uh, my, like, my, my big sister, like, I call her my big sister, and um, shout out to Nikki McMullen, who introduces me in the film. Um, she, she was like, you're funny, you should do comedy. That was something that she told me years ago. And I was like, uh, I don't know about that. And so, but then I had this idea of, of bringing the two together. And so she was like, that's a, that's brilliant. You got to do this. And that was five years ago or five plus years ago. And we sat on it, sat on it. I never moved on it. And she was like, at some point in 2017, 2018, whatever, she was like, you need to do this now. I'm going to beat you up. And I'm like, <laughs> cause that's what big sisters do. Right. And, um, and so I, we, we finally started putting this together. So I had reached out to Blues. Uh, Blues, I think I had sent you like an early form of the the, yeah. the script and everything mm-hmm. um, when I was trying to work out jokes and, and you know, because I had never, now I, we, you know, we, if we, you know, you host shows and, you know, you do open mics. So you crack a couple of jokes while you're on stage or whatever. But um, putting together a whole set is a very different monster. Right. So, uh, and while I, you know, something that people don't, don't really know about me, some fun facts about Roscoe is that like, I, I love poetry, but I probably love comedy, stand up comedy, probably just as much. I am such a nerd when it comes to stand up. Um, I'm such a nerd when it comes to stand up comedy and, and mixed martial arts. And I've done both. Um, and it's, and I, I love them. I love them so much. And Wait, so, um, I couldn't figure out a way Bruce to Lee? work out a UFC fight on stage, but, uh, so the comedy and the poetry just had to do. So so you're Bruce Lee out this bitch. <laughs> nah, yo. Roscoe's been in it's been in a it's been in a ring, bro. In a I'm case, not in bull. A case I mean <laughs> I know my question sounded bullshitish. <laughs> I wasn't bullshitting. <laughs> I was for real. Yeah, man. Like, like, so, list, no. Lessons to some shit. <laughs> so Actually, so around the same time that I was like uh, stealing money from a tip agency, (laughs) 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 Um, part of that paid for a membership to a uh, a gym right outside of Baltimore. So uh, something Berg Harris, no, fuck, Um, just like little like small county outside of like not too far outside of like northern like northern Maryland. And I was going there. I was driving up and down 95, uh, going there for for lessons and whatever. And then they had they they you could like enter into like uh, this like 
amateur MMA league. So I had a little bit of a boxing background because I just I love I love boxing and wrestling or whatever as a kid. And so I you know you know you go to like a little couple of gyms or whatever, mm-hmm. nothing super serious, but they allow you to throw some headgear on, you know, get your feet wet. So, um, so there was, so there was that. And so then, uh, I ended up picking up kickboxing, going to the, the gym out there. And so now I tried my hand. And so, yeah, I had five like amateur, like legit amateur mixed martial arts fights, like in the cage, you know what I'm saying? Like, like, like real, like real shit. Did you ever get <laughs> knocked out or knock somebody else out? Uh, unfortunately I've been knocked down, never knocked out. I lost my first two fights to wrestlers. Um, mm-hmm. and, uh, no I just have a hard, had a hard time staying, like, staying on my feet. Uh, and so, you know, you learn, you learn, you learn some tricks of the trade. And then I lost, I like, I lost my first two fights and I won my, I, I won my, I lost my first two fights, won my last three fights. That's... So, uh, I ended three and two, which is not like a super great record, but I, you know what I mean? I was also like 18 and, and didn't know what the fuck I was doing. Bro, that's <laughs> probably a 99% better record than any poet I was about there. to say, <laughs> mor- moral of the story is... If you're a poet, don't fuck with Roscoe. Yo, you'll get fucked up. Right on on on, on any level. Like on any, yeah. you can yeah. catch these hands, or I'm gonna go to the trunk. Like what? <laughs> what, what, is, what? Wait, I want to add a third dimension, or I'm gonna get you with these metaphors, bitch. Bitch. <laughs> like however you want it, however you want this smoke, I'll bring it to you. So. If, if we can rewind back just a little bit, you talked about how there was a, a mix of comedy and poetry in inside your work and that you're a nerd and, and a connoisseur of comedy. And people have said the same thing, like, Blues, you should do comedy. And I and my immediate response is, that shit is hard as fuck, bro. Like, uh, can you, can which one have you been more, like, which one has been more, I guess, a challenge, but also a passion for you? Is it the poetry or has it been the comedy? By the time I had approached stand up, um, I had already, you know, I had already been doing poetry for years. So it was less nerve wracking to do the poems, right? I even like punked out of a few sets of just doing jokes. I was supposed to come and just do jokes. Mm-hmm. And then I got so nervous that I, w- I would drop the jokes and then I would just go into like, I would find a way to segue into a poem because right. like it was, it was just, it was super familiar. Right, right, right. Um, so, and, and, but like, you know, comedy having to do comedy forced me to have to go to like different spots, open mics, clubs, and and try out jokes and see and really see does this punch work? Does does this set up? You know, what I mean, like is this is this actually funny or is it just funny to me? Um, and so like it was it was scary. It was like really scary. It was kind of exhilarating because I hadn't felt like that in a while. Um, but it was really really scary. It was like super scary to do comedy. Yeah, I I love it. I love the just being able to just be funny for for just absolutely no reason, just being silly on on the mic. That's so much easier than I I because I've done this. I have something that I'll have worked out in the day. I'm like, all right, I'm gonna try this while I'm hosting tonight, I'm and I'm gonna tell R this joke. joke, and then I tell the joke, and that shit does not land at all. You be like, fuck. But then three or four minutes later, you say something random and silly and everybody's cracking the fuck up. You're like, why is this so fucking hard? It's, you know what it's like? It's like that episode of The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air when D.L. Hughley was oh, yeah, on there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. Uh, they went to the comedy club and D.L. went up and the people were like, hey, you're kind of funny. And then Will went up and was saying some random shit and everybody was laughing. And then the manager was like, I want you to come back and do a whole set the next week. Will went back and he sucked. Super yeah. bomb. 
Like that's, that's exactly what it that's sounds what it like. So we got we have the comedy career, we have the poetry career, and you have a very storied journey, bro. Like you have, you've held down a lot of jobs. Um, but this one in particular that I I find most exciting is the uh, the collaboration and venture that you that you've dipped into with PBS up that way. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Uh, yeah. So that was like um, one of the first times I had to like audition for like a like a thing. Like so they they were looking for hosts for um, a uh, this like news arts news magazine kind of thing uh that was going to be airing on pbs so um i had to go and, and i had to read lines and like they had to partner us up with like other like potential hosts and it was like a really cool experience um the art scene ran for a season uh one full season before it got canceled but it did get nominated for a grant uh for a uh not a grammy lord jesus uh, <laughs> No, wait, no, yeah, no, it was like a a local, like, local Grammy or something like that for, like, TV awards or whatever, um, but it was, like, uh, it was a really cool experience, um, I still work really closely with PBS, just on some consulting stuff, um, for some artistic projects they have, and then, uh, if I actually do get this Poet Laureate gig, then, um, we'll, we'll start shopping some shows and stuff like that, too, so I'm, I'm, I'm really excited about it, PBS has been really cool, um and uh we'll see what else comes of that how many black dudes are at the audition um me (laughs) that's how you shine on it be like first of all y'all can all go home because the hnic just showed up (laughs) the hnic just showed up i got this shit and consultants make a lot of money just to throw that out there. Some do. I just didn't. The ones you talk about might do. Roscoe was like, yo, me as a consultant. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. Good. No, you go. (laughs) Hey, uh, uh, Douglas, uh, if if I may. Wow. Wow. Um, Wow. Yo, talk talk to us. You you said about uh, being scared. Like, talk to us as an artist. The importance of fear, and th- this can go for PBS or it can go for Tromedy and, and Amazon. It was uh, in any in, in any of these like new endeavors because you know like my, my background was mostly like slam right, and so then I would like kind of tour, you know, and, and hit up some open mics and maybe a few schools along the way. So that was familiar. But anytime you're you're getting into like new endeavors, there's always some nervousness and some fear there, and I think that's healthy. I think when you get a little too complacent, that's that's the that's the trouble. That's the trouble because then you know you never you plateau and you never you never grow from it. I think fear causes you to kind of you know you ha- you have your back to the wall and you got to do something about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a, it can it can it's a it's a push. It's a fuel. It's a fuel to like. To, to move forward. Um, Blues had asked about like, what, you know, what did we do after comedy uh, left the Amazon platform? And, and I was, I was hurt. I was scared. I felt like a failure. And, and so my back was against the wall and we had to figure something out. So we ended up finding like an independent um, streaming platform that we, we kind of let comedy live on um, for, for a while. And then we started doing some research. I'm like, look, man, Amazon ain't the only only streaming platform in the in the world, right? right. We're gonna figure Damn. something else out. Damn right. Uh, so, uh, with that though, 
we actually ended up coming across um, a film hub. Um, not to be confused with his cousin, which is Pornhub. <laughs> we wouldn't know anything about that. Yeah. Nothing at all. Yeah. have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and we will not go Google it later. <laughs> so you, you, you grind out and find about Film Hub. Film Hub is, yeah, so Film Hub is, a bit, is this uh, like distribution site for, um, for independent filmmakers. And what they do is that you submit your work to them. They, they, have a, they assign a person to you who like reviews it. And then they'll say, okay, we're going to shop you to these platforms, basically. And then when you start streaming, we'll take like a big chunk of whatever your money is. <laughs> That's how that works. Um, but <laughs> what's funny is that um, the one of the biggest companies they partner with is da 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 Amazon. Amazon. <laughs> so what's what's crazy is that when uh, when they when they discontinued Am- when Amazon when Amazon discontinued Tromedy, they said, uh, "Hey, we're taking it off our platform." And I'm like, "Well, can I resubmit it? Can I change anything? Can I do this? Whatever." They're like, "No, you can't resubmit it. No, we can't use this title anymore." Blah 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 blah. I was like, "Okay, sure." So then we get to film, you know, fast forward, we get to Film Hub, and Film Hub is like, hey, if one of our biggest partners is Amazon Prime, um, we see that you've had it on Amazon Prime before, but would you be willing to put it back on there? And I'm like, I don't know if they're going to take it. <laughs> okay, we told me that I couldn't. Fuck Jeff Bezos. <laughs> <laughs> Oh God. <laughs> so I'm like, they were like, well, is it currently on there now? And I'm like, well, no, it's not there now. And they were like, okay, well, we'll, we'll submit it to them. If they don't take it, we'll find something else. Um, and I was like, okay. And then like a week later, they were like, a week later, I didn't even find out through them. A week later, somebody was like, yeah, watching Amazon. I mean, watching trauma on Amazon prime. And I'm like, how, how are you doing this? Did you time travel? Like how the fuck are you watching this? <laughs> so it's back full circle. But, yeah. 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 But yeah. So then I end up like grabbing the app, going online and, and, and seeing it there. Like, uh, I'm like, what, what? But then, it, and then I seen that the, the studio is listed as film hub studios. Mm. So film hub was the, was the, were the people who got it back onto Amazon prime. Right. So, so damn, I was about to call him Frederick, which is not the right name. It's not the right name. <laughs> Because I was thinking about the Frederick (laughs) Douglass tour, but anyway, don't don't blame me. I'm drunk. So this happens about (laughs) 26 minutes, please. 27 minutes. 27. Oh, 27 minutes in. Yeah, Yeah, I did good today. It's about the right time. That's right. That's right, marker. So so Roscoe, where do you see poetry going in like the next three to five years from where it's at now? So I think that poets are going to have to start being very creative about where, where they put their work. And they're going to have to start thinking on like more like multimedia kind of things. Right. So, you know, we've always had poetry, like spoken word, like exists on the stage, mm-hmm. slam, so on and so forth, you know, college, college tour, that kind of stuff. But I think that film is where, uh, I think film is one of the places where where poetry is going to live and thrive. 
Um, spoken word specifically, I think, uh, especially anybody who has like a slam background where you know, where you kind of understand that more, more performative element, more theatrical element. I think that um, film is where uh, poets are really going to find their niche. And I, I don't think that, you know, I say this, you know, with a, with a, a slight sense of, of defeat, but I don't think that poetry can exist by itself. I don't think, I, I just don't. I don't think the spoken word can exist by itself. Robert Frost dis- disagrees with you. Well, he, he clarified spoken word. Oh, okay. So Robert yeah, Frost like, hated spoken word. Um, <laughs> when it comes to this like more performative element, I just don't think that, that, spo- like, that spoken word has the sustainability to exist on its own without being a part of a part of something or maybe a little bit bigger. So maybe it's poetry within a theatrical production, like a stage play or within a musical or whatever, um, that kind of thing. Like on, on some like a uh, Carmen, a hip hop kind of thing. You know what I mean? Like the, the poetry creates <laughs> yeah, the dialogue. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, or, or something like that where I did where like, it's not just poetry, right? You're getting this stand up comedy experience and it's, it's kind of teetering between the two. You you actually get a break from the stand-up to hear the poems, and then you get a break from the poems to laugh at the stand-up. So, um, and I think that, you know, or when poets are featured on musical projects, and, and blues, you know about that, like, like um, you know, bringing the poet in to, to feature on, on, a, on a hip-hop song or an R&B track or whatever the case may be. Like, I think poetry has to live in those spaces, uh, at least for now. Uh, I think we've seen where... Poetry or spoken word specifically has been, you know, there was like a, a stretch, um, you know, during the, the deaf poet era uh, where we saw poetry kind of existing on its own. That was cool. Uh, and then that, you know, obviously that fizzled out, you know what I mean? And, then, you know, we saw like a resurgence of it with, um, uh, what was the, the, uh, the TV one giant? Versus and flow. Mm. Right, so we saw like a resurgence of that, you know what I'm saying, and then like, even, but even that's coupled with the music because they would bring in these musical talents Artists, right. um, to draw right. like a larger, to draw like a larger right. audience. Um, we saw the documentaries with, uh, brave, with brave new voices and all that kind of stuff. So you know, we've seen that, but I, you know, I don't think that long term people were like craving for like another season, you know, six, five seasons of brave new voices, right? Um, it can be really heavy. The spoken word can be really, really heavy. You know, um, uh, it's a, it's a, a very, uh, it can be a very like, uh, you know, t- tumultuous form of storytelling because we, we focus so much on societal issues in our work that I don't think people are always prepared to like ingest that all the time. Right. So I think it has to be coupled with some other things in order to kind of like, kind of let people breathe a little bit. And and the artist might not be prepared to live in that space right. all the time. I think <clears throat> I, would. I I feel like spoken word will be around for forever. But I think the individual yeah. artist does have this responsibility that you're talking about to look to look somewhere else to because take. Niggas can't read. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Uh, Sorry. To look for somewhere to take uh, to take their to take their own art. Like oh shit. <laughs> This year has been a big year. I'm I'm just gonna push. Uh, this has been a, <laughs> this has been a big year. I think for spoken word, right? I just want to point out nobody disagreed nobody with me. Dis- nobody, nobody pushed back on it. Nobody pushed back on it. <laughs> no, nobody was white. No, 
know, Jamal, you're wrong. Nobody said that. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> Sorry. So, so in the same year that Roscoe, uh, Roscoe Burnham's pushes uh, a major Amazon show, uh, which is poetry based along with comedy, uh, you also have Brandon Leak winning America's Got Talent. Same mm-hmm. year. <clears throat> So I, I feel like there's I feel like there's a pressure that some artists should have on themselves of um, like what's the difference between a lane and a barrier, um, you know what I'm saying? Like, are you are you going to create a lane? Are you looking for a lane, or is there a lane that exists but because you see a barrier up, you can't even acknowledge that that lane is is available? There's so many people that wouldn't even think about submitting to Amazon because they say. Amazon's never going to accept a poetry show. And so they never submit. There's so many people that probably wouldn't have applied to America's Got Talent because they say America's not going to pick a poet over a singer or over this like Vegas act. Me, I said that. (laughs) (laughs) What's your your thoughts on that? Like lanes versus barriers and and where where artists have to push right now um, in order to in order to find that to find that place where they can survive as an artist. So first of all, Brandon Leach opened up, yo, I mean, he took a shot in the dark mm-hmm. and opened up a huge door. Like, there's oh, going to the be like 75 and three quarters poets. That's for sure. At, at America's Got Talent. Yeah. <laughs> Which we celebrate and roll our eyes at the same time. <laughs> in the same time, we're like, I ain't mad though. I ain't mad. Get, they gonna get this work. You know what I'm saying? Like you about to see a hundred poets on America's Got Talent. Yeah, but ninety five of them are gonna do the same poem. I don't. You know what? I I used to care. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I used to care, but you know what? Like here's the thing, and this is the thing that nobody wants to like admit or or even admit that they're a part of within the genre is that. You are always gonna have trash artists. You're always gonna have artists who are not in it for the art. You're always gonna have artists who are one dimensional. You're always gonna have artists who are like, who are, you know, just like very one note or just get into it for whatever, you know, whatever the reason is, right? And then you're always gonna have artists who are very true to the to the art form. They're very, they're, they're purists, blah, 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 blah. We see it in hip hop, you know, mm-hmm. that's the, the easiest example is hip hop, right? We see these trash rappers. Cool, but they're still you still got your Kendricks and your you know your Griseldas and people who you know love the culture and and there's that's that's the that's the beauty of it. Are we laughing at Griselda? Yeah, <laughs> laughing at Griselda. yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we are. Uh, they are Griselda, Griselda can rap. All their songs sound like the exact same song, but they can really rap though. I mean, okay, I agree with all those things. I agree with all those things you said. <laughs> Like, but it's, 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 they got that, like that, that gritty, kind of like gritty New York rap. You know what I mean? Like, I think that's what people miss and that's why they put them on so hard. Yeah. yeah. I think that's, for me, it wasn't that they can or cannot rap. It was all the hype surrounded around it. Like everybody relax. They're, 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 they're all right. They're not, they're not shutting down the internet or, or taking over hip hop. They are still getting shot and trapping out of their suburban, uh, single income family medium. Uh, what's it, what's it called? (laughs) The, the, the medium. (laughs) So for me, they were, uh, I mean, we, we got freeway and 
Mike, that's who they are. But we are. don't have freeway now. Like that's well, that's yeah. the thing. They're filling a void. They're and filling, they're, yeah. and that's it's, that's where I'm at. They're huh. just filling a void. I don't want to disrespect freeway, but I also feel like that's disrespectful to Griselda. <laughs> Do like, you? Freeway is freeway was dope, but I don't know. That same like yo freeway spit really hard like real like he yeah. was in that same gritty ass it was freeway it was the same shit Benny Sig it's the same it's shit the same but bar shit. for bar I don't know that that's a comparison come on Jay but okay Ward. okay I, okay I, I sorry digress. I mean, sorry I think, I, digress. Know, I think Griselda is gonna give you maybe better bars that's what I'm from saying. like a lyricism that's standpoint what I'm that's all I'm than freeway but freeway is gonna be way more entertaining <laughs> yeah okay yeah for sure I can and his that. songs don't all sound the same. You can feature him Are on two sure? words. That's the third time Jay Ward's gone and it's on the same <laughs> shit. They, but they do. They they do sound like if you if you play me three Gazelle songs from three different years, I'll be like, oh, they put all this out <laughs> yesterday. <laughs> in 20, in three different projects. Oh, it's the same project. <laughs> oh, shit. Sound like the same. But, but you were but you were saying. Yeah. My my issue is oh with cocaine rap because I have I feel the same way about Pusha. I'm not supposed to talk about Pusha because he's from Virginia and I have to support him. Like it's like a Virginia state law. I was going to ask <laughs> if you were a Clips fan. Yeah, I mean I was. You, you know be, what I mean? But you know, again, they had sent out like a memorandum, and you know, <laughs> like you couldn't talk bad about them. You know what I mean? But, right. It was like North Carolina and Petey Pablo until <laughs> until J Cole. No, until, until really until little brother got on, right? And even <laughs> but even still, that 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 twisted around your head like a helicopter. You got to participate. Yeah, you got to. <laughs> even do though that. you don't you necessarily do want to, you, you got to be like, oh, fuck, like fucking fuck. <laughs> I mean, yeah. So so uh, so Revenge of the Dreamers three hadn't dropped obviously, right? So when we won the the 2018 championship, burn, 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 shameless plug, uh, we had them play Petey Pablo because that was the only. <laughs> like it was the only North Carolina song that we could actually play. Hey, Jay Ward. First of all, P. Pablo is a bop. Secondly, we won the championship, son. Okay. Two of the three of us at this table won the championship. That's son. true. Damn. Did you, that's did very you catch true. that? Did you catch, did you catch that part that's, right there? That's very true. I put this nigga out of my house if I was you. Bullshit. I can't even be mad at it. Okay, okay, we're 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 rounding down. Go so, ahead, Russell. You're gonna, you know, you're, you're gonna have these artists who are who are kind of like that. So like I'm not mad. I'm not mad like next season, next two seasons when we see America's Got Talent and all these other shows where anybody who has a skill can kind of come in and do it, you're gonna see like a and like a, a you know an influx of poets. Um and I'm fine with that. Like put us everywhere. You know what I'm saying? Put put us everywhere that we can be. Uh, I think more poets should like invest themselves into writing for uh, advertising teams, like yep. commercials. Mm-hmm. Yep. Theater. Um, what were you saying there? Or I was long? agreeing with you in theater. Uh, yeah. Same. Um, so yeah, I think poets need to be be everywhere. You know what I mean? Don't just don't don't limit yourself to a slam stage or just trying to trying to get that college tour going. Like there's so many other places where poetry can exist. And so and I think that me I think that, you know, kind of patting myself on the back a little bit, but me and Brandon have showed people that there are other places. There are other places. Right. Cool. So okay, I think we only have a couple more questions for you, Roscoe. First question is do you have anything else to promote or do you like give the people 
where they can find you. Give the people all of your what's the social word? Media. Social media. <laughs> that drink is kicking in, boy. Oof, I'm glad we are at the tail end of this. Yeah, I'm <laughs> glad I'm home. <laughs> um, so on um, I'm you know the 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 great part about having a name like mine is that I'm pretty easy to find. Uh, so it's uh, Roscoe Burnham's on all social media. Um, and so Burnham's is, oh, Roscoe is R O S C O E, and then Burnham's is B U R N E M S. So, uh, yeah, not my real name. My real name is Douglas Powell. That's uh, what my mama named me. I'm very proud of that. Uh, <laughs> and I use both. I use both uh, as much as possible now. Um, so, yeah, Roscoe Burnham's on all social media. Tromedy is streaming on Amazon Prime. So you can yes, watch sir. that right now. Um, the, uh, all the books are available online. Um, yeah, yo, like, uh, uh, but I don't have any any new projects right now. Like, right now, we're trying to get this Webby Award, and um, I'm focusing on this, like, Poor Laureate stuff. Yes, sir. Yeah. And uh, and so after that, I have I have some ideas uh, that I want to start start pushing. I want to start working on, a, on another collection of poetry um, centered around something very specific, So I'll, and I'll wait before, you know, I, I let more details out about that. Cool. And uh, so the last question is, are you ready to freestyle? I'm sorry. What now? <laughs> <laughs> this is the hidden part of the show that we don't tell anyone. Are you okay. ready okay. to freestyle? This is also how we determine whether or not you've ever listened to the show. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It really is. Are you ready to freestyle? Um, it's, no. really, it's really rhetorical. Okay. No, it's, it's a rhetorical yeah. question. So you... Be not afraid. You don't have to go first. I so, thought I was slipping into a biblical verse for a second. I was really excited. Be ye not afraid. Be not afraid. Oh, Morgan Freeman, tell us to <laughs> tell us, tell us, tell us to be not afraid. Yo, I will give you. I will cash up you if you do, if you do your freestyle rap as Morgan Freeman. I'm cash upping you tonight. Uh, be not afraid, Roscoe. <laughs> you will not have to go first. Andy went first when he went down the hall. Wrote me a postcard from Mexico. <laughs> we worked on a boat on a beach. We never went back to prison. <laughs> so, so, Blues will go first. Jay Ward will go second. You will go third. And because I'm the best, yes, I'll go last. So, but it'll be no pressure, believe me. By the time you get to you, it'll be no pressure at all. Yeah. <clears throat> okay. All right. Who's the beat by this time? I, oh, I don't know. <laughs> We're about to get sued, sued by somebody we have no idea. I have. Uh, <laughs> Dear okay. Jay Dilla's family. <laughs> so I found this beat on one of my hard drives, one of my thumb drives, and it was dope. So, but it had a long intro. So I'm going to give you a couple seconds of the intro. Okay. So wait, if it, and so I have to freestyle over this beat. Am I gonna be able to hear this like in real time, being through the Zoom call? Oh wait, okay, hold on. Tell yes. me if you can hear this. You can hear that? 
I can hear it. He didn't say yes. I don't know if it's gonna sound. I rap. I don't know if it's gonna sound like I'm on beat to y'all. Yeah, it no, won't. we tested yeah, it. Yeah, 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 yeah. You'll be good. We tested it. Oh okay. yeah. yeah. When, when we play it back for the people of the world, it'll be all right. Yeah. But do you want it louder? Do you need it louder? Do you need us to turn nah, your mics up? It's good, I guess. Do you need okay. Us to turn your headphones up. So remember that talk we had about fear. <laughs> <laughs> so here we go. It's Griselda, nigga. The butcher coming. Do I wait for the... Oh, my. Oh, my. Okay. <laughs> I waited for the beat to drop. It's Morgan Freeman, y'all. I'm coming off the top. I shaw shank on the beat, sir. Guaranteed it's a hot beat, sir. Pour it like syrup. Shout to Griselda. I'm guaranteed y'all better get familiar. Been in a few movies, a few things. Guaranteed I've been around, I've seen a few things. When you were born, I was born. Never mind, that don't make any sense. Move it on. I'm 137 years old. I'm old. That's enough fucking Morgan Freeman guarantee. Yo, I keep this thing beaming, yo. I keep it hot scheming. I keep it hot popping. I'm guaranteed, Mr. Blues, I keep the beat rocking. It's knocking through my headphones. I'm not home. I'm in Jamal's home. Yo, I said he packed the chrome. Two burners like my name was Lasco. I'm guaranteed you talking shit. I let them things go. Yo, shout out to Jay Ward. You up next. I'm guaranteed catch the mic. Now catch me. Hey, yo, when I drink, you know I talk slow. Plus, when I drink, I interview Roscoe. I tell him, yo, there's so many things we can learn them. Then after that, I diss him. I say, burn them. <laughs> and after that, we click and go bang. Just like the clap, the clap, the ratchet sang. Hey. Sang out a song all night on the block. After that, they called all the cops. Then you hear all the sirens whistling. Then you see all the blood stains glistening on the sidewalk okay. as I slit your neck. Right. And you there don't it, come for goes. me unless you want there respect. Then I just take your whole spine right out your back. And I tell you, if you're black, it's Roscoe's like that. Face. Ah. Roscoe's face. There it is. Roscoe's face. We there always get violent right around. No, okay. no. hold on. No we. No we. No we. At some point, Jay Ward turns from intellectual to a goddamn murderer in, in like 20 seconds. It's like it's the six bars. Jay Ward is murdering people in the most explicit ways. Roscoe. We're going to bring the beat back for you, Roscoe. Yes, sir. Are, wow. you, are you ready? What? No, not really. Well, <laughs> you have... You have a minute and 36 seconds to get ready. Thanks. What? Okay. <laughs> so take your time. <laughs> That's right. This long ass awkward pause is a part of it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you, you said he had a minute and 36 seconds. Like you were like you had a reel to reel and you had to rewind the fucking tape. I don't. Like you had to press rewind and we had to wait for that shit to go. I just want. I just wanted him to get his thoughts together. A very specific amount of time. <laughs> can, dead I, air. can I say something that's really dope in between this minute and 36 seconds? Go for it. Right when you said that you were 137 years old, <laughs> right after you said that is, is when the sample came in forever. 
Forever, ever? Forever, oh, yeah, ever? Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, did it? Yeah, that's yeah. Dope. yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't want to talk about how genius <laughs> I be sometimes, but you know, my genius be Yo. leaking out. I don't know who made this beat, but all right, here we go, Roscoe. Actually quite dope. Let's go, Roscoe. Jamal's that gonna close great, this out. That was great. That was dope. That was dope. Okay, so I gotta finish it out though with this. Yes, son. All First right. of all, are y'all ready for Jamal? I don't <laughs> think so. You oh shit! Burn him up. Yeah. Burn oh him shit! Up. You got to change your name. Yo. Let's go. Yeah. Truth in the building. Uh-huh. Niggas getting children. Yeah. Fuck around. Fuck. Fuck. Yeah. You hear those? I don't want to feel like this forever. Son of a bitch. Okay. You know what? Fuck this rap shit. You niggers can't rap well. With the hard R. Shout out to our uh shout out to our listeners in Ireland. I mean Dublin, son. Yeah, Dublin. Shout out to our listeners in the Ukraine. In the Ukraine. Can we say Canada and Atlanta back to back? Yeah, yeah. Shout out to Canada and Atlanta. Uh, shout out to the motherfucking United States of America. 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 Shouts to Durham. Goddamn. Shout out to everybody around the world for listening to us. Oh shit, a new beat started. We'll stop that. And I think we're done. We're the Poet Up Podcast. Check us out. Appreciate you, Roscoe. Yo, shout out to the homie Roscoe Burnham's. Hopefully, yeah, by the time you, you actually hear this shit, you will you be poet already, laureate. Yeah, yeah, you have already heard the news that he's poet laureate. Tromedy 3 is already out yeah. on fucking HBO. Yeah. Um, you know what I'm saying? He's already, you know, he's got the Bentley. Yo, the, the, Roscoe, where do you work at right now? What at none of your business? <laughs> I just wanted the irony of where you work Roscoe, at was, was so funny to me though. And Roscoe, this just, shit was so funny to me. The irony asking, of where you work. I'm just asking yo, what's your, what's your birthday and what's your social security number? Oh, where where you gonna be about five o'clock tomorrow? Yo, the one thing that we didn't before we get in, out of here, the one thing that we didn't really in get into COVID was times, in these COVID times. I am working overnight at Amazon. Word. That, that, He's working for Amazon. I said that because if I was if I was you and I was working at Amazon, 
sign. Motherfuckers got me in here, but won't watch my shit, won't put my shit up on that thing. I guarantee you, if I had DVDs, I'd right. find a way to upload right. all this shit up in this motherfucker. Every package would have a Tromedy DVD stuck off of that bitch. You hear me? I don't give a fuck what you order. Dog food, Tromedy DVD. Goddamn makeup, Tromedy DVD. They'll be like, yo, why you guys keep sending us all these extra Dog, that's the Jeff Bezos version of selling your mixtape on the corner, dog. That's exactly what that shit is. I would have had that shit all up in there. By the time these people got their packages, they would have called you in the HR. They'd be like, oh, uh, Mr. Powell. <laughs> we love your ambition. And we love your vision. But you got to stop putting the DVDs in there. You'd be like, well, just put my shit back up there, son. And I'll stop. I'll stop. Oh, shit. But, but also, I wanted to make sure that before we got out of here, man, that Roscoe is an incredible, incredible father yeah. and advocate for mental health. So yeah. we didn't get to get into those we things, did. but yeah. uh, though I know those are some super important uh, things to him. Uh, so make sure that you follow Roscoe on all platforms, but also not just for the poetry, not just for the tromedy, but for those two things specifically, because he has a lot of great insight on being a dad and also being a, a, a mental health advocate for sure. Yeah. So a part two is coming up. I, it seems like. Feels like that is happening. Yeah, let's do it. In man. our minds, and in Roscoe's mind, he's like, he's like, I ain't coming back to this shit. <laughs> Fuck this shit. He's like, I know if I come back, I might have my bars ready because, <laughs> yo, yo, like for real, like for real. <laughs> That's how we like to we like to spring it on people. That's what. Oh. And with that being said, yo, yo, this, pull it up, pull it up. <laughs>